So let me just give you, uh, kind of as you're getting your Bible, your notebook, kind of a brief uh, review, if you will. Um, so on Good Friday, we talked about the fact that God's will is to heal us. And he has always made a provision for the healing of his people. Now, I would encourage you to get that part down in the depths of your soul and to understand that beyond all else. If you don't understand that basic, it's like the foundation, if you will. If you don't have that confidence that God wants you well and that he's made provision for your healing, you'll allow the devil to take your healing from you. Because you'll question, you know, well, maybe there's something, you know. And I think it's so important that we get the foundation. And those of us that have been in the way of faith for many years, after this whole thing, God told me one day, I mean, I'm just, you know, zipping through the house. And God said, you know, you know, doesn't, did you ever let God, does he ever just interrupt you while you're doing something? And he, the Holy Spirit just interrupted me and said, do you know that COVID-19 was a direct assault on the faith of my people. Well, God wouldn't have had to say that. If he didn't say that, he said it because he wants us to do something about that. If you're under attack, you don't ignore the attack. You realize you got to get up and take your weapons, come on somebody, and fight back and demand that the enemy can advance no further. So I feel like, I thought, well, I told Pastor, I said, I feel like we need to talk on divine healing again. I think this is a big topic. Now, let me just say this. And it is one of the most important topics in the Bible because God testifies of himself when people are well and they're whole and they're healed and they're blessed. You know, uh, the world looks at us and they, here's what we want them to see. Why are they living up here in blessing? And I'm just down here under all this mess that's going on. Our lives are to be a living witness. Amen. And part of that is that we're healed and we're healthy and we're whole. And so establish the fact that God wants you well. And the Bible, again, on uh, Good Friday, I only gave just, you know, maybe a little handful of scriptures. I didn't give that many. Uh, But there are so many. I mean, Pastor just shared one in communion just now that there was a provision made for the health of his people. So get that down in your heart. I would challenge you to do a fresh word study. Some of you already have healing scriptures listed, and they're not hard to find. I mean, now you can just Google it. It used to be you had to go to the Strong's and lug out all the books and, you know, and lay them out on your dining room table. But now you can grab, you know, some of those scriptures off the Internet and get those down, memorize them, know where they are. And so the next time the devil tries to come and say, you know, you're going to be bound with this forever or you're whoever it is. And oh, interesting. And, you know, last week we talked about faith and I thought about this. I was, in fact, I was praying for somebody I know to be healed and, and I wasn't sure that they were quite in faith for it and it was a relative and I said Lord honestly now think about this because you know Jesus said according to your faith be it unto you and we talked about that last Sunday I said Lord I don't know how much faith that person has to be healed but I'd have faith and I said the centurion's servant was not healed because of his own faith okay he wasn't even there he was healed because that centurion had some faith for somebody else Amen. 
So just get these scriptures. I think it's so important that we get these down in our heart. And then last week, uh, we talked about conditions for receiving healing. And I think, um, and we're going to hit on this a little bit today on the next one. Um, but obviously, part of the reason some people aren't healed, they just don't know. Okay, they've been taught something goofy by a pastor somewhere that told him that God will heal some and not all, or God may not want you well. And then, you know, my feeling is if God's always going to have this 50% no kind of lingering out there somewhere, why pray? You know, if you think God wants this on you, let's just pray you get a double dose of it. You know, I mean, come on, we, we make up things because we don't go back to the word. We don't go back to what the scripture declares already and, and sink our teeth into it to the point, if I can say it this way, to the point of our own hurt or our own correction. Sometimes we don't want to face what we want to believe. Amen. It's for quiet in this nine o'clock service. So. Uh, obviously, my people die for a lack of knowledge. Secondly, uh, we talked last week about obedience to the word of God. We need to have an obedience to the scripture. If God tells you to do something in the Bible, we'll do it. And it's not because, here's the thing, I, I guess I could explain it like this. It's not because God is up there just tallying every time you do something wrong. You know, okay, well, they, she gossiped today, and, you know, she had a bad attitude. I mean, I'm telling you, she's going to strike five, and, her, you know, she won't be healed. I'm not healing you because... You know, we get this idea like this, you know, that God's up there, you know, marking our sins. And that's not the case. But the, what the problem is, is we do reap what we sow. And the Bible says, you know it, Galatians 6, uh, God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, shall he reap. If you gossip enough, you're going to reap in your life. You know, Romans 1 talks about moral sin and the, the, the whole premise there is homosexuality. But it says at one point, they reap in their own body the reward that was due them. It's because if you sow to something, right, the wages of sin are death even if we are saved. It still is the result is it leads to the negativity. It gets us out of the blessing and, and, and opens the door so the devil can take a crack at us if he wants to. So obedience is very important. And there's tons of scriptures. I gave you a few last week. But all through the Bible that you'll read, we may see a few of them today, where there was an, a, an obedience, a decision factor that was attached to our receiving from God. And so um, you can continue to study that. And then we talked about all of the times Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. And this was, you know, pounded throughout the Gospels that it took faith faith for the people to receive. And we learned last week that faith is something that can be built or it can be decreased. We need to do the things that build faith. Faith comes by hearing, right? Hearing from the word of God. If you're just going to scroll Facebook and listen to all the bad news, and even if it does agree with you politically, some of it's just still bad news. You know, I don't always want to hear what the ding-dongs in Congress are doing. You know, there's just only so much you can take. I'm like, how can they be that stupid? And then you just get mad and want to throw a shoe out the backyard. I'm like, you know, it just, mm. 
so, you know, there are, is a place, you know, that, that stuff will just build unbelief in you because then you'll just think, well, nothing good's going to happen to America, you know, because you're, you know, looking at the, the, the speaker. And, and so the problem is, is after a while, you quit listening to the prophetic word because it works on you. And, and this is the way it is with divine healing. You can look at things for so long and read what they say about COVID or whatever it else, and eventually it'll steal the faith out of your heart. And Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. And we saw that again and again. So if you missed that last week, I encourage you to go back. But I want to pick up for the next about 20, 25 minutes and talk about... Um, the next element that is so important in receiving divine healing, and that is, it's very simple, but it's not simple, is asking or making supplication in faith. Now, James, the first chapter says, let not that man who is not in faith or doesn't ask in faith, let that person not, re not to expect to receive anything from the Lord. I think sometimes we don't receive from God because, you know, we're like the rocking on the boat. You know, we're in faith one minute and we're out the next and all for it the next. And in fact, on uh, Wednesday night, we're going to hit a little bit about our words and the fact that our mouth is sometimes the worst culprit to our receiving anything. True. But, so it's interesting. I'm going to give you a scripture. Look at uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, be careful or anxious for nothing. In other words, not COVID, not the, what's going on with the mandates, the boss, the this, the that. Don't be wringing your hands all day about it. But in everything, somebody say everything, by prayer, okay, and, look, at there's an and there, supplication, which is to make an official request, okay, let your requests, in other words, what you want God to do, be made known to God. Now, here's the thing, we know the Bible says that God knows our needs or what we desire before we even ask. Okay, you can read that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. But then it's interesting, when Jesus said that, I found this astounding. In one breath, he says, God knows your needs before you ask, and then turns around and says, but go ahead and ask. And he teaches you, and he teaches on the Lord's Prayer, which we know the Lord's Prayer is a pattern. It's not that we were meant, God really didn't mean for us to just repeat that prayer. It's a pattern of how to pray. Because they were asking him, Lord, teach us to pray. We weren't just supposed to, you know, meaninglessly go through the rest of the millenniums just repeating it. It was a pattern of prayer. But he's, Jesus said, yeah, God knows what you need before you come, but you need to ask him. Okay, now think about blind Bartimaeus. Okay, blind Bartimaeus, and this has been the scripture for this whole year, blind Bartimaeus comes to Jesus. It's very obvious that he's blind right? So he comes to Jesus and Jesus says, yeah, what do you want me to do for you? Now I used to read that and I think, but Lord, did you not see? He's blind. I mean, you would think that'd be at the top of the list. And, but the point was, is he said, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He wanted the man to state his request and do it in an attitude of faith. 
So there is something about asking. You know, the scripture says we, we don't receive because we don't ask. You know what? I mean, think about and And sometimes we don't ask. Yeah, you know, we'll ask God on the big stuff. I mean, let me clarify that. You know, we wait till we're in a crisis sometimes. You know, but we don't ask about the little things. We don't make a habit of requesting and asking God to answer something, especially the things that we think we can answer ourselves. Right? You know, if, if it's, you know, you can, if you have the money to go buy a pair of socks, you don't ask God to bless your sock shopping. You just go. God might tell you, don't go to Walmart, go someplace better. You know, think about it. But you know, yeah, I've learned, involve God in the small stuff. Involve him. You know, he'll help you find a better parking. Do you know that? You won't have to park in the North 40. You can pray. I mean, come on, listen. Come on, women shoppers. I know there's some women shoppers in the room. You don't want to carry those bags all around. You want to be able to take a trip out to the car and go back in. Yeah, let me take this out to the car. I'm just parked outside the door. <laughs> yeah, and I found out God will get involved. He gets involved in the little things that we ask him. And so this is, we, we don't receive from God because there are some things, you know, we pick and choose when we want to bring him in on the equation. And so let me give you, Jesus said this again and again and again, and I want to get to some of these verses. So I'm going to go quickly. But he said, we should expect in faith to receive answers to our request. Now go to John 14. This is very necessary because I feel like we sort of have to pluck out some weeds from our religious thinking on these subjects because most people in America, we listen, you go to Africa and some of these places in Latin America where there's poverty and all of this and you know, people, they, they have to depend on God. Okay, they can't go to a government you know, help program. They, none of that. They are completely dependent. Sometimes we here in the United States have, you know, kind of relied on natural solutions to some things to the point where we don't seek God about whatever it is we need God to do. And, and then we hear teaching sometimes like, well, you can pray, but realize God might say no. Well, we're going to unravel that. Because I was like, well, that's discouraging. It's like you already go to the throne with a cloud over you. Well, I'm coming here, God. I don't expect anything. It's all up to you. Well, no, this isn't the way Jesus taught prayer. Now, let's look at this. I want to unravel this for those of you that might be going, this is a little out there. All right, John 14. And whatsoever, somebody say whatsoever. Now, when you say whatsoever, whatsoever you shall ask, that's anything that the word of God supports. Okay, the word has to support it. You can't ask for the wrong things, evil things, sinful things, wrongdoing things. I think we get that, right? Anything that the word supports. You know, you can't go claim somebody else's spouse. Uh, and there, there's weirdos out there that, that do that. So I'm just mentioning. You, you don't go claim somebody to be your spouse if they're single. Well, I'm going to marry that girl. Well, she has a say. <laughs> Vice versa. I'm going to marry that guy. He has a say, right? He may not like you. All right. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you do have to like each other to get married. I mean, that's just a thing. You know, it's a mutual thing, right? Okay. And some people don't get that. It's shocking. All right. Anyway. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name. Okay, anything that God's word supports, that will I do. So what did he say he would do? Whatever you ask in his name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now here, this is the part. I mean, I don't know how you can twist this to mean something that it doesn't say. If you shall ask anything, in my name, I will do it. Now, let's just stop for a moment and address the fact that when the Bible is filled with healing scripture, provision for healing for God's people, do you not think that if we say, God, heal my body, heal me, heal that person, that God is not already poised and positioned with a divine yes. Because he said anything in my name. Okay, come on, erase religious thinking. Because preachers for years and pulpits told us something different. Depending on what denomination you were raised in, they would have told you, oh, that's not really what it means. And I would always say, because I grew up in a denomination that didn't believe anything like that, didn't believe in anything. Except to get saved in every Sunday. Every Sunday you got saved. Every Sunday. Yet they said they believed in eternal security. But you got saved every Sunday. I mean, it was amazing. But you couldn't come to God and ask for anything. If you did, just be prepared and brace yourself for a no. Okay? And, and I'd, I would ask them what that scripture means. And they never could tell me. I had some of my teachers in high school say, well, Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And they'd say, well, that's not what that means. And I said, well, what does it mean then? Yeah. They say, well, well, it doesn't matter, but that's not what that means. <laughs> I mean, like Jesus was crazy. He just said stuff to say stuff. It's amazing how much in religious denomination we have to chop out of the Bible. It's crazy now. In fact, I, if it, did, it couldn't get more crazy, I can't believe some of the things churches are doing now. Read about one church in uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, forget which one, that is now holding uh, drag queen events in the church. And I, I mean, that, that's, I'm like, you know, what, where, what part did they have to chop out? But usually people don't start there. They start chopping out the stuff that doesn't resonate with them. And then when it doesn't resonate, they skip over or they cut it out or they say, that's not what that means. When it is what it means, okay, it is what it means, but we don't know how to apply it or we don't want to apply it. So Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. John, look at John 16. And by the way, whatsoever, let me establish one more thing. Go to John 16. I want to say this one part. Uh, the whatsoever in John 14 is needs. Somebody say needs. But it's also desires. Okay, think about this. We quote this scripture all the time. If you've been raised in faith, okay, I mean, any Brother Hagen people out there know, okay, Mark eleven twenty four. we've heard it quoted for years. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, 
believe you receive them. You know, and we always assume that we have such evil desires that, you know, we can't desire anything. Listen, you can desire a new house. Believe God for it. God could give you a new house. He'll give you one. Okay, a lot of times we so talk ourselves out of anything good, no wonder we don't get anything. Okay, we think that anything material is covetous. You can't have anything nice. Listen, I have heard stories. This is a fact. I have heard story after story after story because, you know, being blessed financially or materially in your life is not just an American thing. I know people who lived in some of the most poor, impoverished villages overseas where their government was tyrannical and horrible and then be able to have crops that nobody else could have. Okay, God would supply for them. They'd be the most blessed people around. Everybody be mad at them. Okay, Jesus said if you have a hundredfold in this lifetime, people be mad at you. They'll persecute you for it. Oh, they'd be mad, but they would take the covenant of what God promised and believe God for it. So God's word is not because, well, you know, we live in America and it's a good country and, you know, you can have good things. Well, no, that's not it. It's sometimes we just don't get from God the best because we talk ourselves out as if we're some undeserving or that God, you know, can have streets of gold in heaven, but, you know, we've got to have clods of dirt in our driveway. Amen. We ask for far too little. The Bible says he will do. I love this scripture. He will do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that you can ask or even come up with in this little brain of yours. He will do more than you can even imagine. The Holy Spirit spoke to me one day and said, yeah, and if it's more than you can imagine, it means you couldn't pray about it because you didn't know about it. You couldn't, it was so good. You couldn't even come up with it in your mind. It was so beyond what you could picture, what you could imagine, what you could feel like, what you could see yourself doing. Come on, somebody. It was so good. It was beyond all you could ask for or even think of. I mean, and so whatsoever means desires and needs. And needs in God's mind, if it, I mean, read the Bible as a whole. Yeah. Needs in God's mind, his definition of needs is, is more than ours. You know, our needs are, you know, I want, you get a bag of rice this week. A bag of rice might sustain you. Beans and rice and, you know, just getting by. That's, that's the ideology we have. Just barely what you need. No, listen, God likes steak. I, I'm, I'm convinced God's got a like hickory smoke barbecue up in heaven. I know it. I know it. Come on, somebody. You're feeling it right now. You're going to go right out, right out after church and go get some ribs. You know, and God's not offended by ribs either because they came down in the Acts of 10th chapter and the Lord told him to eat some ribs. So, you know, every once in a while you got to have a throw down. You need to have a little bit of ribs and God doesn't mind. He's not offended by it. You know, we get this idea that God's just uptight about everything. But needs is, is means abundance. It's provision. God told Abraham, I'm going to provide for you. You're going to have stuff. 
And that's not being covetous. It's just that God demonstrates his blessing by our healing, our provision, that you are living above where the world lives. You are one step ahead. Come on, somebody. That is the way God wants. And we have got to start raising our faith for that kind of life. All right. John 16, verse 23. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. So we're not praying to Jesus is what he's saying because he's going to go to heaven. He said, for verily or truly I say to you, whatsoever you shall request or ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Up to this point, verse 24, that's what hitherto means. You have asked nothing in my name. So ask, somebody say ask. And you shall receive that your joy shall be made full. Now, let me ask you a question. If God was, you know, had some secret reason for you not to be healed that you're not supposed to know about. Because there's some glory he has in your condition, whatever that might be. And I've heard many of them that people will come up with. But why would God tell you to ask for something? If your answer already is God might do it or you might not get what you request. Why, why would he put that in the Bible? Because then Jesus is contradict, counter, contradicting the father. If you will ask, you shall underline that. You shall receive. So let me ask you, if you ask God to heal your loved one, to heal your body. If you ask God to heal your child. The attitude that Jesus is telling us to have is expect to receive it. Now, I'm going to say this very quickly. If you think about, think about this. And we don't have time to go to all these verses. But you can look them up in uh, Mark, the fifth chapter, the woman with the issue of blood. Now, first of all, before she came along, there was Jairus who came up to Jesus. How many of you remember the story? And he said, Master, come to my house. Well, no, let me go back to another one, the centurion. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, Matthew, the eighth chapter, the centurion said, um, Lord, my servant is sick. Jesus immediately responds and says, I'll come heal him. He said, no, you don't have to do that. You don't even come all the way to the house. Just say the word, right? And my servant will be healed. You notice Jesus did what the centurion asked. So then if you get to Jairus, uh, and by the way, Jairus wasn't probably a stranger. Okay, he was one of the rulers of the synagogue. He was a known public figure. So Jesus knew who this man was. He was in the synagogue. It wasn't like he'd never heard his name before. He was a man of influence. And he comes to Jesus and says, my little girl is homesick. Come and lay, watch, lay your hands on her. What was his ask? Lay your hands on her and she shall live. That was where his faith was. Come to my house. Now the centurion's faith was, you don't even have to come to the house. Jairus' request or his ask, what's your ask today? Ask was come to my house and you put your hands on her and when you touch her, she's going to get up. Okay, so Jesus immediately says, the Bible says he followed him. So he immediately went and on the way there to the house, he's following Jairus' ask. On the way to the house, 
Here comes this woman with an issue of blood. And the Bible says that she had said within herself. How many of you read these verses? She said inside herself, all I need to do, she didn't need him to come to the house. She didn't need him to speak the word only. She didn't need any of that. She just said, I'm just going to grab a hold of the hem of that garment. And when I touch him, I'm going to be made well. I'll be healed. So she pushed her way through the crowd, got, you know, climbed out in there, maybe as weak as she was, and grabbed a hold of his garment. And because her ask was, if I just touch the hem of his garment, Jesus didn't even know about it. She grabs his garment. Virtue goes out of him and she gets healed. Notice how many times... Okay, now we have the woman in Matthew uh, 17, the woman, the Gentile woman that came to Jesus and said, my daughter is sick. Lord, if you just come, uh, please heal her. He said, it's not right to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Like, whoa, that's harsh. In other words, at that time, you know, the Gentiles were called dogs. And she said, yeah, but that's fine, Lord. But even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She got what she requested every time. So look how many times. If Jesus did not want to grant us according to the request, he wouldn't have demonstrated that way to all those people. See, now in religious America, we have the idea that we can ask, but God's probably going to do the opposite. Oh, come on. You're not shouting as good as I'm preaching. But I'm just going to tell you, we have to start getting an understanding that God is expecting us. Come on, somebody. Come boldly to the throne room of grace that you might obtain and find help in the time of need. All right, turn to Matthew. See how we're doing here. I need a few more minutes. All right. Matthew chapter 7. These go so quick. I'm telling you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it shall, what? May not happen. Ask, and it might happen. That's how we preach to people. That's how we talk to folks. Now, you know, just God has his, you know, I, I mean, it just makes me upset beyond belief when people go, well, it just might be their time. Well, the Bible says with long life shall I satisfy with them. Okay, so why are we just assuming God chose and marched some time? And then to, to, to try to propose the idea that it was in a tragic accident, you know, or cancer or some crazy thing, you know, that was their time. God, you mean to tell me that God planned a car wreck for one of his beloved servants to die? Are you kidding me? Oh, that was just their time to go. As if God planned a good father now. Come on, the Bible says you being evil can give good things to your children. How much more shall your father give good things to those that ask him? So, you know, I can't buy into all that. We make up these things. I mean, we make God out to be like a demon. It was their time to go, and then they died and got hit head on by a truck. No, that goes completely against everything the Bible teaches. 
No, we get up every day and say, no, devil, you're not coming in here with premature death. We break your power in the name of Jesus. No accident, no injury, no tragedy, no calamity can come in and touch our family. We bind you in the name. Don't even think of coming in here. You're a liar. No, that's the one we need to go after. Don't blame everything on God. Blame it on the devil. My goodness, I mean, you know, insurance policies say, well, it was an act of God. It wasn't an act of God, it was an act of Satan. I think we need to call some insurance companies and tell them in an act of Satan. <laughs> Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek, that word seek means to, uh, to stay in it. Stay in the presence of. Seek and you shall find. Knock. The word knock is a repetitious word. Okay? I'm not stopping. Knock and it shall be opened. For what man is you that has a son that asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then being evil know how to give good things to your children, we just quoted that, how much more shall your father which is in heaven give good things to those that ask him? So he said good things, right? Now in another uh, part of that, uh, we're going to jump over to the book of Luke. He said how much more will the father give the Holy Spirit? But here he says good things to those that ask. Is healing a good thing? Can I just ask you that question? Okay, nobody in here would go, well, sickness is just great. You know, I mean, it's amazing. We talk out of two sides of our mouth. The book of James, we'll talk about on Wednesday, said a good fountain can't bring forth bitter and sweet in the same mouth. You know, one minute we'll talk healing. Oh, God wants to bless. He's a healing God. And the next minute we talk sickness as if, you know, God has a purpose in it. Amen. That doesn't mean God can't use something. But that doesn't mean it was his best. All right, let's just leave that right there. Y'all are looking at me like, oh boy. All right. (laughs) Luke 18. Let me reiterate this. I'm going to read you one or two more verses. They can start making their way up. But I'm not done yet, so don't get. I want to finish the whole dinner. All right. Luke 18. And he spoke a parable to them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not what? What does fainting mean? It means you what? You you give up. You kind of throw in the towel because it doesn't look like anything is happening. Hello, America. Don't throw in the towel on what the prophets have been declaring. Don't throw in your faith because it doesn't look a certain way. Just because, you know, C-dumb-N goes ahead and posts something. Don't just go with what they declare. Say with your faith. Men ought to always pray. Always pray for their nation. Always pray about the prophetic word. Always stand and not faith. God, always pray and not give up. Saying there was a certain judge that feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying or requesting. She made a case. Avenge me of my adversary. You know, I, I, I pray to God like this. I was praying for somebody recently, and I told you about the centurion. I said, God, I'm basing this on my faith. I'm asking you, and you said to do it, and you said to do it boldly. You said to do it without wavering, and this is how I'm requesting and asking. And by the way, that person's turned around. And the doctors were talking, yeah, you might die and all this. And we are like, no, because I asked God. 
Okay? Touch yourself. Say, I'm God's favorite anyway. And when I ask, I get what I come for. Because that's what Jesus said. So, Lord, I ask you, answer my prayers. Now, whisper under breath, whatever it is you need. Come on, just do it right now. I just feel led by God. Just do it right now. Ask, ask under your breath what it is you need God to do. And then just now say this. Say, Lord, I'm going to get what I just asked. I'm not changing my position of faith. Because Jesus, you said that when I ask, I will receive that my joy would be made full. Now shout if you believe the Bible's true. All right, let me read this last one. I got three minutes. <laughs> she made her case, and he would not for a little while, but afterwards said within himself, though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, in other words, she wouldn't stop, I'll avenge her lest by her continual coming she wears me out. And the Lord said, Jesus said, hear what the unjust, I mean, we can learn from a guy who didn't even know God. And shall not God avenge, by the way, that word avenge means payback, his own elect that cry night and day to him. In other words, God is better than an unjust judge who did not care about that woman's need at all. He's saying, now he's not like that. Hey, God isn't up there in heaven thinking, well, you just suffer on. Just buck up. That's not God. He's, he's, he's making a difference. Shall God, not God avenge his own elect that cry unto him day and night, though he bears long with them? Or, and one of the words is also to vindicate. Verse 8, but I tell you, he will avenge them. How? How? Is there a long delay? No, quickly. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith in the earth? Or in other words, I would like to say it like this, if I could propose it this way. When the Son of Man returns, will he find that kind of attitude? The attitude that God is going to bless me. The attitude that COVID-19 can't touch me. The attitude that I'm going to live above whatever the devil is trying. The attitude that when I ask God for something, he's going to give it to me. Now, we're going to talk Wednesday night on why we undo that sometimes. But I want to get in your heart that when we ask, the Bible is very plain. We should expect to receive it as we requested it. Come on, somebody. Just like Jairus, just like the woman with the issue of blood. When we ask. But we have to ask with an attitude of this is it. I'm, I'm doing it. God, you're going to do it. Because I'm your child. I ask you to heal my child. I ask you to heal. I ask you to do. Say, but Pastor Brenda, I know a lot of people. Well, they ask. Just stop. Go back to the Bible. I don't care what so-and-so did. Okay? You don't follow so-and-so 24 and 7. Okay? Sometimes so-and-so, while they're talking, ask. They'll post unbelief on Facebook. Okay? So we have to get back to a point that we have a bold position before the throne of faith or the throne of grace. We stand there in faith knowing when we walk out the room, God's going to do what we requested. All right, stand to your feet. I'm going to read you one more verse. Because people always quote this. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. 
This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask or request anything according to his will, people say, oh, see right there. Pastor Brenda, we have to ask according to his will. Verse 15, and know that if we ask according to his will, he hears us. And whatsoever we ask, we know, somebody say no, that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Now, people get hung up here because they'll say, well, you know, if we ask according to his will. Let me just establish this in the final 30 seconds that we have. Know that God's will is not a mystery. Religion will tell you all day long, you can't know the deep things of God. Now, there are things God doesn't tell us everything, wise and certain things like that. I get that. But when there is clear scripture that brings us to a point of understanding his perfect will for our life. Come on. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. They're thoughts of peace. They're thoughts not of evil to give you a good hope, a good future, a good outcome. Come on. Premature death is not a good outcome. That's not God's plan. That's not God's intention. God's intent is to bless. So don't treat God's will like he's up there and got this some secret agenda he's not talking to you about. He's already made it plain in the word of God. He's made it plain for you and for me. So when it comes to divine healing, come to the throne room of grace as the healed of the Lord. He's not telling you no. He's already said yes through Jesus. Come on, do you believe that this morning? I believe it. I believe it this morning. Lift your hands up to heaven. Heavenly Father, I thank you that healing bread belongs to every person in this room. And so Lord, we do exactly what I preached this morning. We ask you to heal us, our loved ones. We ask that divine healing would rest. In fact, I'm going to say this. I'm going to prophesy this right now. I, I request before your throne that divine healing power would rest on this property. If handkerchiefs could be brought from the body of Paul as a point of divine contact, I say this day and going forward that this building, this, this sanctuary, the cafe, the hallway, the lot the new property I say this is a healing house and when people make contact on the internet when they make contact divine healing is released as your feet are even on the property in the house I see people getting healed right now as your feet are touching the carpet as some of you are touching the screen I, as we're prophesying that healing resides at Lord of Hosts Church miracles reside in this building miracles reside on this property that healing power is resting on the people of God we say it we prophesy now Father our request is from this place do special miracles through our hands in this building on this property in every room in every corner every nook every cranny I say it and I request from the throne of heaven that healing power would rest here come on shout if you agree with that and now Lord I thank you that healing is being poured on every person under the sound of my voice whoever needs a touch Lord we ask you 
for what's already been provided through Jesus Christ. Now say this, say, I receive my healing. I won't say anything contrary to what I've requested of God. Healing is mine in Jesus' name. Shout amen if you agree with that.